Warning, this podcast will challenge your thinking. Welcome to Business Problems Solved. In this podcast, we help you solve your business problems by providing real examples and practical approaches to make today better than yesterday. Introducing your host, the multi-sector, self-professed, most improved improvement person and qualified business problem solver, Lee Horton. Hey, it's Lee. Welcome to Business Problem Solved. If you haven't yet subscribed or if you haven't yet rated the podcast, then please, please do. It helps me greatly do what I do and helps me bring um, amazing guests uh, into a conversation. That's exactly what I've got today, a guy called James Owen Roberts. So what does it take to become a two-time Paralympian? Have a listen and find out. Hey, it's Lee. Welcome to Business Problem Solved today. I have the amazing pleasure of chatting with James Owen Roberts, two times Paralympian and transformation coach. How are you, James? Very well, Lee. How are you? Yeah, really good. Thank you. Thank you. And so I guess for those people who don't know who James Owen Roberts is, who is he? And how has he got to uh, to be in that seat today? Cool. You want the you want the long or abridged version? Shall we shall we go for the abridged version and we'll uh, we'll we'll weave into it as we as we go? Well, I come from a, a long line of military personnel in my family. So I think it's only natural progression that I've gone into sport because of my disability. So if we backtrack for the disability part for the listeners, because obviously you said they don't know me. Uh, I was born with a congenital disability. So I was born uh, in loose terms so you can visualize it. Um, I'm very much, I've got, I wear a prosthetic normally. Uh, so I'll be very like similar to to amputees, but with my disability, obviously it's not been traumatic. It's not been an accident. Um, people like to call it adverse. I I don't I don't know any difference. So for me, uh, it has been it was traumatic for family. Yeah, be it my mum, my grandmother especially. Uh, when I when I, when I had a conversation with my mum uh, just before Christmas. She was very much doom and gloom. What's he gonna? What's he gonna be like? What? How's he gonna survive? Is he gonna be in a wheelchair for the rest of life? That's the conversation I never had with my grandmother, and I think uh, she was very old school in terms of you know very very British in etiquette, a very stiff upper lip, uh, and ultimately wanted to facilitate in every way that she could. So I think she a little bit ruled with an iron fist. Um, because if it wasn't for my grandmother being so like that, I think my mum probably doesn't steer me into sport because it's it, it. I think what was the kind of launch pad for my career was the Commonwealth Games back in Manchester in 2002. And my mother went out of her way to go down to the bottom of the stands. I was very embarrassed as a teenager for her to do that. Shout out to the barrier. Is there anybody from the Welsh delegation so I could speak to them? And ultimately, obviously, the rest is history. Uh, the coach then, there and then, said, No, you've started too late. I started at 11 in swimming, which for most people it is. You've said I can't. Ultimately, I'm going to show you I can. And that coach then dined out on the, that on an after dinner speeches. Um, until he, till he, till he died. So, pretty much for you to say, there's Plan A. It has to be Plan A. Now, Plan B. I don't agree with what you say, and I'm going to prove. Pr- and I think it was. I think it brought great delight to people when 
I would take no, I wouldn't take no for an answer. Yeah. And that's pretty much happened throughout my career. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So just on, on that then, how did you, so when, when your mum went down and, 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 and asked that question, did you know she was going to do that? No, no. Wow. No. So did she have the belief in you before you had the belief in yourself? Yes. And I think that's, that's happened numerous times with be it family, uh, coaches, performance directors, they've had the belief to kind of say, yeah, I, I, I can see this being a future for you. So if we fast forward probably six years later and I'd obviously changed sports by that time at my first Paralympics, I bumped into my old swim coach in, in Beijing and he said, well, you finally materialized what I thought you could do in swimming. So pretty much to answer your question, it, it's happened numerous times. I wouldn't want to count how many exactly it was, but if, if it's not my mother, uh, it would be that coach, Billy Pye, or it'd be my uh, performance director, Anthony Hughes, kind of laying those that initial spark or those breadcrumbs to kind of go well, come on james i'm gonna i'm going to give you this the the tools yeah or pretty much the toolkit come on I, i'll show you the way and then pretty much uh, i followed it so swimming i was very much developmental i had time to to progress once i made it into rowing it's time to perform so i'd never known what performance sport was like at the very top of, you know, need to win. Yeah. Got a chance to, you know, develop uh, in stages before. Um, so I was very much learning on the fly. And I think it, what, if we, if we kind of go into that story of um, people are going to do uh, Anthony Hughes, he kind of, I, I'd done whatever, like an indoor trial or something we wrote him, and he asked me, oh, do you want physio? And I kind of said, no, I don't need it. I'm not I'm not asking you, I'm telling you. Yeah. So I think it it, do, it, it does take sometimes, you need uh, obviously a support network to kind of say, I don't care what you think, I know what's best for you. And it doesn't matter if you need it or you don't need it. Ult- ultimately, I know a lot better now, 15 years on yeah. of, when the body is, so, is somewhat sore, you take it and you recover. And might well go, get back to 100% than be 70, 80%, 80%, especially in that environment, and then go from there. Yeah. What do you think it is that they're so in you that you didn't see in yourself? Well, that's a good question. Um, I obviously had the, t- I had the talent and I had the raw talent because I, I did, like you said, two time, I did two Paralympics and I did two different sports. Uh, and I obviously did three f- sports in the end overall. I, I guess, and this is a family trait that we have, is you don't think you're good, but you don't think that you're quite, and I've, obviously people can relate to this. Um, and I've, they'd probably be astounded for me to say that. And I've, I've been I've been amongst some of the best people in sport, but... I don't know if it's because of the disability. I won't put it down to race because pretty much I've been brought up by the white side of my family. So I've been privileged in that that sense of I've been given every outlet to to be able to to do whatever sport I want and be and be successful in that. But I think 
obviously so I don't digress and, and go off on a tangent. I, I think it probably stems from early sport. It was always, I was content in beating people. So I've always been very competitive and sometimes too, too competitive. Uh, and then obviously it blurs the line between am I going to try and beat, obviously improve myself or just to com- compare to somebody else. And I think with that, obviously it brings its own little demons with it because then I'm not very assured with my identity and, and, and pretty much that's been a battle throughout my say my entirety of my life but at certain times be it my teenage years of not knowing where i fit in with a disability and ultimately in school um i i think later on of leaving sport and then not knowing what to do next because it's like well I've, i've done everything that i set out to do as a young kid i've been able to materialize my dream these ever these and I did go back to work in nine to five and I, I didn't hate all of it but I, I wasn't happy I wasn't completely satisfied it was you know just going to the grind of going to everybody can relate to going to work uh, and ultimately I worked in education so that that I think now people can <laughs> relate what the te- I wasn't a teacher but I was a teaching assistant but they can relate to what what the teachings that I have to do yeah. on a on a daily basis and obviously I didn't sign up to be verbally abused on a daily basis. Um, so I think with that, yes, you're trying to help somebody cultivate and, and and find themselves. But obviously I was a bit lost. And I think going back into coaching and being able to not be about the way like sport is. Yeah. And there's no I in team. It's about it's about the client. I think some people are surprised when they speak to me. It's like, well, oh, have you not got a, I won't say a hidden agenda, but obviously you're trying to hold your business up to a higher, higher esteem. It's like, well, yes and no. Because ultimately, if I don't get you the result, you're not happy. You're yeah. not going to give me a testimonial. And you're sure as hell not to give me a referral. So I probably moved a long way from where I was in sport. But some aspects of entrepreneurship, I've I've gone back to to basics and gone back to sports. Like, well, the ruthlessness of self-centeredness and uh, not giving a damn about your, you know, just answering a, a ballsy question. I'm not worried about the outcome. Yeah, and and pretty much going back to basics as being the athletes. Like, well, if you say no, that's good because then I obviously can focus my attention on the next lead or it, it, it's no point you being on as the prospect being sat on the fence because it doesn't, doesn't do my business any good it doesn't do you as an individual so I go a little bit more cutthroat and kind of say give me an answer yeah like a definitive one I'm okay with you saying no it's not going to hurt my feelings yeah just make a decisive decision because ultimately then you can move on as well if you said no it's not the right time. It might be financial. It might be, you name it. Yeah. So Everybody you, in entrepreneur. So you've started talking about what you do now. Yeah. Um, so I've got a couple, a couple of questions, actually. So have you found yourself now? And is this, is this what you believe you are, you are now here to do? Or 
is this a, another stepping stone? Um, so there's probably multiple parts to this question and I'll let you choose which, which how to answer it. So, or is this a stepping stone like you did when you were growing up and you, mm-hmm. you, you, you tried um, three different sports? Is this a stepping stone to where you want to get to or is this you finding yourself now finally? I'd, I'd say it's a bit of a mixture of the two, Lee. Yeah. And why I say that is because I'm content right now to be able to help other people, be yeah. it, you know, if it's a domino effect or it's helping that individual right now in the here and now. But obviously it's a continuation of the, the business evolving and being okay with that. And we talked off air about me doing a TEDx talk recently. Yeah. That might be the next venture of me going from moving away from transformational coaching to maybe my my life coaching or mindset mindset coaching. I think the UK still has a pro the issue with life coaching because like, well, for most coaches, irrespective of their life, they've not really lived anything. They've not really faced a lot of adversity in their life. I think probably I probably have and probably people kind of go, wow, you've achieved a lot in 35 years that some people can only dream of in their, in their lifetime. But obviously for me, it's, I'm content right now to, to, to focus more on the nutritional, the, the physical and obviously the mindset. Cause that's what I, I, I really have a fascination about Obviously, how people come about and, and, and conversate. But if that progresses to to speaking, if that's vir- virtually or being able to do it in the in person, yeah, obviously that's a magnitude of impacting hundreds, if not thousands, of people in one venue at one yeah. particular time. I obviously I'm I'm, I'm open to that to to that ev- evolution of of the business. So it's it's being content, but also looking at the bigger picture as well. It's like well, I can't kind of box myself off and put myself in a little bubble yeah. because it's only naturally you're going to get too big for your boots. But I mean, in a positive sense, because if, if you are putting the shackles on, you're obviously limiting yourself, but you're also inhibiting yourself to, to grow um, on, on, on multitude of, of, of levels. And obviously the, the impact that it has on other individuals thus from that. So what is it you do and who would you do it for? Now, when you talk about transformation coaching, who, who is it? What's your ideal client and, and how do you help them? Well, that's, evo- that's evolved over the course of the last 18 months. It keeps going back. Uh, initially, it was professionals. Yeah. And ultimately, most people push back against that because well, what do you class as a professional? It's, very, it's obviously very, very difficult. Uh, because we touched upon teaching for a little bit. That's probably a disrespected profession, but we go back 20, 30 years. It's a reputable professional alongside being a doctor, a lawyer, uh, and things like that. So I transform the business to work with like-minded individuals like myself of amputees because I don't have to really um, do a lot of market research. Because yep. I only have to think as like, well, what's the problem you're facing, James? Yeah. Da, da, da. So say one to five, boom. Yep. Ask, do you guys suffer with this problem? I probably pretty much know the answer is going to be yes. Whereas maybe other for 
professionals in in in, in the space have got to ask their clients have to do the homework and have to do the groundwork whereas obviously i'll do that as well and obviously that didn't work out the second time around because initially i'd gone into that in the first place um when would it be about five four five years ago yeah because i transferred from working in a corporate gym obviously no longer no longer exists uh dw fitness and then went online. Obviously, I took my clients who were able-bodied with me and then looked to do blogs on of what I'd seen on YouTube as, well, okay, there is stuff out there, but it's limited. So how do we uh, narrow the gap for that community? So I wrote a blog series. Thus, that's been turned into a book. And I've obviously gone back to the community more recently. It was, okay, what's your thoughts on this book? Yeah, and some people said, "Oh, I'd like video." Some person has come back, "Oh, I'd like an app." That yeah. person actually happens. That's a conversation I'm actually having right now. Is that's an app developer who happens to be an amputee? It's like, well, that's a good conversation to have because you know what you're doing, and then we can work together and, and obviously get something of the likes of you know my fitness pal, but it's a amputee version. Yes, there is one out there, but I don't think, and it's in a, it's a reputable company, but it's not very good. Yeah, uh, a lot of people refer to it. It's like, well, if I think it's crap, I've competed at a high level sport. I work in f- fitness. I think this company that makes millions can do a lot better than that. And if yeah. I do better than that, it obviously makes them raise the standard. So, so I don't make the question long winded with my answer. It's kind of gone in, 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 in cycles. So it's. I've had a discussion with my business coach and we kind of come to the realization is like, well, I keep re- rebuttaling it being at my doorstep. All my current clients are amputees. Yeah. Why are you fighting it, James? Because ultimately it's coming back to it. Just I've just changed the way in which I approach it. I, I've obviously taken myself out of the notifications of the groups because a lot of it can be quite negative. And I think Social media, obviously, is across the board right now is is very, very negative. And that's why people have taken themselves off Facebook. But I don't see the negativity. I'll, I'll comment on my my thing alone. If somebody I worked with comments me as this this person looking for help, obviously, I'll, I'll chime in with that. But it's been very much lean in, lean out, yeah. lean in, lean out. And not try to get heavily in, involved in the, the I'll call it the politics of the group of 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 social media. So what's the transformation that you enable for your clients? So where do you take them from and where do you take them to? What's that what's that journey? I because I guess what I'm trying to understand is is so you've used the word fitness, you've used the word transformation, um, you've used the word mindset uh, and health and, and fit. So is it all of those things or is it is it a part of that? So what is it that, that you, where you take them from and to? I think overall, um, and I probably alluded to, 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 the, to with the answer, is bringing somebody from obviously discontent yeah. to, to being prosperous and successful. So whatever that looks like for the individual. So, so if I was to, I'll use an example of, I'm just going to use a random person somebody that's lacking in self-esteem self-confidence they hate the way they look 
that's more that's deeper than physical that's yeah. deeper than the nutritional yes there is an issue with but whatever they're eating as well because it's become and uh, the result into using food to to have an emotional support uh, yeah because of i use covid right now because a lot of people have uh, have been a little bit low as a result of it so people result into food and thus obviously affects mood self-confidence then if you can't look at yourself in the mirror because you hate yourself and and are a little bit disgusted it's it, it's it's a it's um it's hard to get get from so it's trying to eat away at those and sorry to use a pun with that to 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 get to improve self-confidence yeah. self-esteem and gotcha. then ultimately everything is kind of a domino effect yeah so it's 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 hard to answer the question yeah yeah no i i, I get be... I, I get that because you've had you've had so much that that you've the journey that you've been on like you said at, at um, you say 35 years old you've 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 achieved a lot in your in your 35 years so you've got the experience there to help others um in in different in different types of challenges um so yeah i was just trying to get a flavor of 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 how you uh, how you help somebody get from from a to b and and i think it, you're right in what you're saying it's a bespoke thing depends on the individual challenges um if we just take just take you back just a little bit um about yourself three different um three different particular exercise or three different particular sports that you've that you've done why so i guess it's another two-part question james um, and the reason why i'm asking two-part questions is i forget the second part if i only ask it in what at one part at a time um so three different um sports how why did you why did you transition from one to the other and how did you um know that those the, the second and third ones were the right things to do okay why why did i transition from sport to sport yeah um if we start with the initial one of swimming to rowing i was dropped from british swimming so that was obviously out of my hands and and to give some people some context it's very much going for a contract every year. You've got to make a certain requ- uh, requirement in times every single year. I was very lucky the year before that I wasn't dropped. Um, so I probably should have seen it coming. I didn't. I was, gosh, how old have I been? 19 years old. So yeah. Still pretty naive. Uh, and, and I was in my first year of university. So... I obviously thought Christmas time, uh, well, January, we could roll in back round, normal student. Obviously, uh, unbeknownst to myself, my mom and my performance director were having conversations as they saw it happening. My mom didn't want to have it. She, she was not very happy with how it transpired the year before. Um, so she made it aware to him. James is probably going to be dropped. What what avenues can he be put in to be able to try different sports? And I think when it comes to Paralympic sport, I think Wales punches way above its weight in terms of giving their athletes different opportunities. So if it doesn't work out in one, here's another one. So to answer your second question, uh, for the other two with rowing and volleyball, did I think they were going to work out? 
no. Uh, but, but if we rewind to the conversations I had with my mom for on both occasions before I tried them, yeah. and I actually used this in my TEDx talk, and I think it is very much shock factor. She doesn't remember the the, the words I'm going to use, but you can be very very good or absolutely useless, and obviously you can be very, you could be good, you could be successful at it or you're not very good at it and you do something else. But obviously most people will see that as positive, negative. I said it as the latter. Well, I could be good. I go with that. Or the the, the latter part of I'm not good at it. And I do so and I go back to the drawing board and we do something else. Obviously that never happened. For that for those of the sports that never happened, it was pretty much rowing was like dug to water. I was yeah. very surprised that I hit the ground running, um, was on the water within probably an hour of right. trialing the sport. So I was a bit shocked uh, and I was a bit re- reluctant to do it. I had to be kind of persuaded. Well, come on, James, that's the next progression. You've you've mastered the technique. Now let's try it on the water. Uh, and for somebody that spent almost 10 years in the water, I obviously thought, well, I've seen the boat race down the years, you know, the, the boat sinking. Don't particularly want to be attached to, to something and it's and it and it overturned. So that was probably my where the reluctancy was coming from was because I was thinking doom and gloom before it could even materialize. It was thinking what you know, pessimism. Okay, this is what the worst case scenario that could happen. And I think it only happened like two, 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 two or three times in my enti- entire career. Um, one was a, obviously an exercise, and the other two happened in out, out on the water. But obviously, no, I did never, never did I think that those would work out. No, but I was willing to believe in somebody's aspiration of, well, this is an opportunity to get you to a games. Yeah, at least it, at least attempt it. So I think it's is using that naivety to, 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 to be useful. It's like, well, I don't know any difference. So why not? Why, what, what's the worst that can happen? And then go with it. Obviously with, I'll come back to your first question from rowing to volleyball. Uh, that came down to classification and that happens a lot in Paralympic sport of being reclassified based on your, I'm not going to use my words carefully. It depends on your ability or your disability. And sometimes obviously mine came down to my ability of being able to do a one-legged squat. But for me, we knew that rule chain was going to be coming in my penultimate year in 2009. So I came back for one last hurrah yeah. in in 2009 to, to be able to get a medal. That didn't happen, but I, I obviously in that last championships, well, I'm not going, how many people can I take with me? So I was pretty ruthless of, uh, I, 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 I knew that the classification was going wrong. I know I could, I, I didn't need to be given the, um, what's the word I want to use? The outcome. I knew it was, I knew it was, this was going to happen because I, I, I could squat with one leg pretty easily. Uh, but, the Russian competitor next to me made it a race. It's like, you're very naive. I know exactly what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm going, you're coming with me. Cause it's like, uh, but I guess this person had the, 
that Wall pulled over his eyes, like, well, what are you doing? We're not on, we're not competing. I'm just being, I'm just being ruthless and I pretty much end your career. Uh, I probably did. Um, so obviously we fast forward to, to a couple months later, similar conversation again uh, with my mom. And obviously I had a conversation with protector like a, maybe a couple of day, day before or a couple of hours before. What's your thoughts about doing volleyball? It's like, well, I see what happened with Rowan, but at that point I was in my final year at university and I was doing all right. Yeah. So I wanted to focus more on my academics because I think at that point I was on the third and I wasn't happy with that. Cause like, well, there's no, there would have been no point when it came time to graduating, I would have been content with that. It's like, well, you could have pretty much not rocked up the lectures. You could have done that. And, and, and I wasn't happy with that. Um, so I was like, well, I need to focus more on that and try and pull out a 2-1 because that pretty much is the the, the standard um, coming out of university. But I think deep down, I still wanted to do the sport because I, I think I spent maybe a couple of weeks of, lectures and doing a normal shoot I couldn't do it it's like now this is this is crap this is boring this I need some training um so I think I gave in subconsciously uh let's go back to sport trial it it took a little bit longer to make the national team than it did I'd done in than it had done in rowing but I eventually made it uh and then obviously the rest is history making making uh, obviously the home games in London um which I maybe could have done a, a, a different thing and gone into media as my mom wanted me to. I was like, nah, I want to, I want to compete because I've talked to athletes that their career was cut short because of injury. They've gone into the media. They'd have bitten your hand off to compete. So like, well, there's an alternative narrative yeah. to what I did. Ultimately, yes, uh, I was never in medal contention, but... I'm able to showcase to to other athletes, doesn't matter what nationality you are, if you can hang on or make that home game, do it because it's pretty much, it's like nothing else uh, on this world because we were pretty much, I say mediocre at best in volleyball, but the support was there every single game. And yes. to give some context to listeners, we sold out every single game. The the medal rounds didn't even do that. So that puts it in perspective of yeah how um, I won't say how the British psyche works. It was like well the Brit Britain's out. We won't support the sport. We'll move on to the next one. But the support was unwavering no matter what. Because if I rewind two months before London and use Beijing as the example of what I'd seen as an athlete and conversations I had with my family who came, came out to watch me is they were talking about rent a crowd of, you know, they're marching the, 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 the spectators in very much in militaristic fashion. Yeah. Fill the stadium up, marching back out. And I didn't believe that. So I saw it with my own eyes. So when, when we fast forward to London and people ask, well, how easy is it going to get to be get tickets for the Paralympics? I was like, well, easy. Cause I've, I'm referencing back to, to to another games but as we got closer and closer to the event i was getting not inundated but text messages 
Facebook messages are James. I I haven't got a ticket in the lottery. Yeah. For for obviously for the for ticket allocation, can you sort me out? And I was, I was blown in amazement because I was in the press bashing. It's like, well, it'd be easy. It'd be, but if you didn't know us. Uh, a competitor by the time it, it was almost I don't know say month at most you weren't going to get a ticket and and I was pretty much gobsmacked when we first went into the arena on the first day of competition I was blown away I was thinking okay because all my other, all my teammates had never gone to a games and they were asking me well, what's what's the game going to be like so I, I, I can't tell you yeah. What what the experience is going to be like because it's going to be different from me. Of pretty, much, I don't know what China was in terms of capacity at the rowing course, but I don't think it was ten thousand people. So pr- pretty much being able to go from say hundred people that we were used to competing in front of a uh, regular competitions uh, internationally yeah. to that is like it was. Yeah. It was very uplifting in times of low points. And I think if we'd have had maybe a couple of years more together, we'd probably capitalize on that because um, some of the opposition that we'd faced over the years, they capitulated under the pressure of the British. It's like, it's pretty much like uh, a partisan crowd, more like a football stadium. It's like, it's very much on top of you. And I think we'd have been able to capitalize more. But obviously that's... 2020 is hindsight. Yeah, no, completely, completely. No, th- thank you for sharing that. I guess, did you make a conscious decision to make that your last games of three sports or did you consider a fourth and go in again? No, that wasn't going to be my last hurrah. Um, it ended up being the last one because of, in, of, of, in, of, I put it down to injury, but I think I became very, very honest with myself I think last probably beginning of last year, late two thousand nineteen, it's like, nah, James, you did not, you did not retire because of injury. You retired because you didn't get it your own way. And right. why I say that, Lee, is because I'd obviously gone to do another. Well, by that time, it was the fourth sport of canoeing. Did not get selected, and probably threw my probably threw the toys out the pram. Subconsciously, uh, I shouldn't have gone in hindsight because I wasn't well. Uh, and I wasn't on form uh, and then didn't do very well and then pretty much gave up and I'd and it it's not a regret um it doesn't sit well with me now it wouldn't sit well with me probably a few years previously to, to ultimately you know crumble at the first hurdle it's like well okay James you've not got it at the first attempt you didn't get the you didn't make the volleyball team at the first attempt but I think because of situation of, of being in North Wales, a little bit more challenging, uh, and I just took circumstances. Well, I'll take circumstances into in, into into uh, considerance and just walk away. And um, I had a conversation back in April last year with my performance director, and I spoke. I've spoken for a long, long time, um, and that that doesn't sit well with me because pretty much he's like an extended member of my family and he said James don't don't contemplate it you didn't go to Rio you didn't you're not going to go to to, to Tokyo that's fine yeah but ultimately 
you need to share your story of what you were able to achieve in in, in that 10 years because yeah could have could have should have would have everybody can say that yes i should have competed in rio i could are we competing in Tokyo? Because I'm still young enough. So this this probably would have been my last game because uh, just down to the, the classification that I'm in, uh, 35 was probably uh, yeah. would probably the last hurrah. But to, I think, look at it and take it into perspective, I probably would have bitten your hand off for one. So to be able to do two and the last one being at home, and most athletes don't get to do that ever. Uh, I think I'm, I'm I'm content. Yes, I didn't uh, get that elusive gold medal that I aspired to. You know, use like a a, cat, a dangling a carrot in front of me. Um, I probably shouldn't have done that. I should have probably done little little uh, miniature goals of make the team, make a a. Domestic, well, not domestic, but uh, a Europeans in our case, then a world championships. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then I, I think at first I just want to say thank you for your honesty in um in that in that last response. And then I think I think you you come across as being a little bit hard on yourself as well because I think I think I think it's always really good to to set really big, um maybe unachievable goals or or just really big goals because that stretches you a lot further than setting an achievable goal. Goal Because if you hit an achievable goal, do you? some people then stop at that. So I, I think, you don't, yeah, don't, don't be so hard on yourself at all. What do, what do you, if you could sum up um, the secrets of your success in maybe two or three lessons or um, words or, or however you want to sum it up, how would you sum up the secret of James Owen Roberts' success in delivering and achieving so much? in your 35 years i say never being content i was never content i would never i was and why i say i was never content because when it came to, to the, the closing ceremony of beijing i was looking in the stadium as the cauldron was coming down and i'm thinking mm, i like this i want more of this and ultimately, there's going to be this sacrifice. Going to be a lot of hard work to to get to London, but I was willing to do it. It's like, well, I've done, I've done the pinnacle. I want to do it again. And I think is that unwavering, relentless, it's pretty much built into the coordinate, my coordinate DNA. I obviously, said pessimism is is in my family stubbornness is as well um and it's pretty much when somebody says no i do listen sometimes i i, I didn't more recently because family said put i re i re released a book um for my first physical and, and family was saying now nah, don't release the american one because of the, the, the logistics of of postage like no i'm not doing that that's failure if i if i don't put this thing to completion it won't sit well with me because that's failure that's that's yes something that might be well, that's perfectionism coming to come to the fore i would say it's procrastination because if i don't follow through because of a 
it's a major slip up on my part because I didn't look. But I think it was that if we rewind back, it was that curiosity as well. I like the idea. Let's make it happen. And there was no there was no stumbling blocks to to get in the way of well, what's the are people going to be interested? I tried it one way, it didn't work. And the the, the hardest critics were actually family. Like, well, why are you not smiling? It's a concept. If it, I don't believe in a concept that's actually physical, I can't sell it to an individual. I'm not a liar. Um, I can't be one of these people that it's, I don't know, if you were to say QVC or something like that, sell something that maybe somebody don't want. Yeah, I can't do that to an individual. It doesn't sit easy with me to to do something like that. So I obviously took it on board and said, well, okay, how else can I do it? Okay, let's do it in written format. If I was to do this, who would be interested? And then obviously the the wheels start turning. We we get a little bit cocky, a little bit. Yeah. Um, this is where the ballsiness comes from, back from sport. I'm just asking people, I'm going to release this. Do you want to pre-order it? And then obviously the money starts coming in. And then the, 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 and obviously when we got to the, the issue with the, the logistics of the postage, I just went back to the Americans in this. I went back to everybody in the end because it's like, well, if I can make the Americans pay the postage, why not everybody else? And the Americans was, it was pretty much the the, the postage was the same as the book. It's like, well, I've made a, a massive hash here. I'll put my hands up and be on. I, I obviously started with a client that bought it because it was a bit easier to write. And it was like, it was more sincere because it was as if I was talking to them. It's like, well, I made a mistake, but in 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 all honesty to me, it's the first physical book, book that I've ever done. And it's the first time I posted out a physical product. Can you give me a little bit of egregiences with that? If, if you, obviously you've got two options, you pay, the postage and I send it to you or I refund you. And uh, to my surprise, I had one who wanted one, one out of 25 that wanted a refund. So I was very gobsmacked and, and pretty much I run with that of my dad now comes back to me. I've heard about your book because my family does talk on the, because uh, they're the Americans. Oh, well, what is it? It's a recipe book. And do you remember you said, don't do it. So I think the, the 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 summary of what I'm saying is is obviously take on board what your family the, but the family has the best intentions, but yeah. they're not always right. And pretty much I've done that with my mother's sister uh, and and her husband. They they said obviously go get a real job. So like, okay, I don't agree with you, but but when they actually saw me put in the work from the time because i didn't live that far away from them when i was with rowan they saw their work and the hard work and the dedication i was putting in to to to, to a career yeah they bought in but yeah. they do they do sometimes ask well if you could rewind the clock back would you do it again it's like yeah in a yeah. heartbeat i always wouldn't make the same mistake <laughs> i wouldn't make the same mistake i would learn from whatever i did i chose to do you know go left in that first instance i would go right yeah uh, obviously you change everything for, or completely uh alter the future but i i would do something slightly different because i'm 
a lot more mature and say, well, okay, James, you did this. It's a little bit immature. You maybe do this, this, this decision instead. But no, I think in terms of overall, it was what I wanted to do as six, seven, eight, year, eight years old. My, my ultimate dream was to be a professional athlete. It didn't materialize straight away. Yeah. Because I, I, I wavered with that as a teenager. It's like, hmm. I'm not going to become a professional footballer or play basketball because of my disability and, and disability sport fell into my lap. But if it wasn't a chance conversation with a team coach back then, I might not be speaking to you now because uh, you try and analyze the, what the context of what they said of why don't you do, why don't you do disability sport? I was not pleased at 15 years old. I, I obviously took on board what they said, yeah. but I was aghast by the comments like, well, okay, I don't know how to respond here because I don't know if it's you being humble of being charitable and kind of pointing me in the right direction or you being facetious and kind of saying, well, know your place. You don't belong in able-bodied support. I obviously took the, because I don't know without speaking to the individual now, but I did... I messaged your son. Uh, what was I message him? About middle of last year to say, well, thank, thank you, mom, because if it hadn't been for that conversation of those breadcrumbs, yeah, I don't go out of my way to to ask our head coach on the team because he was coaching another uh, another Belgian team uh, who knew a disability coach, and then obviously go from there, and then having support from. Um, my mum's best friend at work, who then called them up and kind of did the, the, the set up the sequence of me going down to that club and trialing out. Um, and then obviously the the rest is kind of history. It is indeed. Yeah. No. Thank. Thank you for sharing that. And if people wanted to know more about James Owen Roberts, where would they go? What would they do? What would they find? Um, so yeah. So where, where would they go? You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and then also my new website, www.jamesowenroberts.com. Uh, and obviously, where would you you would find, obviously, more stories like I've shared. Uh, a few um, On my website, there's going to be a few little bit of su- surprises. And uh, the both truths that I've not shared outside of my family that uh, my web developer would kind of pushed me for like, oh, it's good that you're sharing these these highlights some of the adversity so i had to obviously do some some deep soul searching and go throughout my life and kind of say well okay this is okay but it does, it does it help the other does it help somebody else nah so i pulled one from sport that i shared today out of the website but there'll be some that people wouldn't know outside of my family so be it adversity i face in school and, and, and things like that yeah yeah well no i'm i, I am definitely going to take a look at the website and because uh, i think i think you've got so much you can share so much you can offer um people and maybe and, and some of your your help and advice i think will definitely lay those breadcrumbs for other people to pick up on their own successful journeys as well so i just want to say um james owen roberts thank you so much for taking your time out today to have a chat with me um, have a great rest of your day. Oh, one final question, actually. What are you what are you having for your tea? Do you say tea or dinner? For your evening meal? Uh, dinner. I've got I've got a because I know you're in the north. Uh, because of my upbringing and being in the military, I probably say dinner because of the the 
the officer's influence. But obviously, I know what. What am I? Having for, I don't know. I I don't know. It's a bit. Um, we trying out different different recipes from other a bit. I think what was it? One was Jamie Oliver's last night. So it might be something from his his latest cookbook and just just try trying different things. Uh, we had for, for lunch. We had one one something out of my recipe book, but we didn't have some of the ingredients. So I I. Uh, through something else a little bit through a bit but different ingredients in there see if it would work that time it didn't it's not work so I was like well no, I can't <laughs> use that to somebody but I but I think I think people need to take a little bit of this to heart it's a little bit of trial and error with everything even though even when it comes down with your, your nutrition it's even if you've got a recipe and it's telling you to have a certain amount of ingredients you can have less you know, less spice if you don't like it hot. We can have more. Yeah, it's 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 obviously sticking to the letter the first time around, and then saying, "Well, okay, this isn't hot enough for me. I need to have a little bit hotter," or it's okay, this is a bit too overpowering. I need to have a little bit less. And it's to take into to account when it comes to your your, tra- your training. It comes down to to your mindset. It comes down to obviously we're talking about nutrition, and, right. and I think the same in business as well. Yeah, perfect. I, I, yeah, I couldn't have summed it up better. And I, I love that around the, the trial and error. That's how people learn. And that's how you know what works for you. And when you spoke about how you help other people, um, and that's a that dependence, but everybody's different. Everybody's needs are different. And by tri- using trial and error, you work out what's best for you. So I think that's a perfect way to end this conversation today. So again, I just want to say thank you so much, James, Owen Roberts, for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you. And I wish you every success in the future. Thank you, Lee. And, and same to you. Cheers, James. Thanks for listening to Business Problems Solved. You can contact Lee on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lee Horton, the business problem solver, or via visiting www.leehorton.com for more content and to solve your business problems. And remember, saying you know how to do it is not doing it.